Hey, everybody. Welcome again to F This Movie, the official podcast of FThisMovie.com. Movie love for movie lovers. Uh, my name is Patrick Bromley, and I'm very excited for this very special F This Movie, talking about Star Wars The Last Jedi. I am joined for this episode by Adam Risky. It's episode 420. Are we high on <laughs> The Last Jedi? Uh, Heather Wixon. Hey, everybody. Glad to be back. And for the very first time appearing on the F This Movie podcast, Robin Buckley. How are you, Robin? I'm good. Please be easy on me. <laughs> <laughs> We're very excited to have you on. This is, this is fun. Um, so I'm glad that it worked out with everyone being able to see The Last Jedi. I just saw it this morning, so I'm digesting it, uh, I think, still as we speak. This is sort of a bonus episode. We will still have our regular weekly episode this week, so you're welcome, everyone. <laughs> Maybe this makes up for the week that I missed. Um, but we are just going to get right into talking about The Last Jedi, and we are going to get into spoilers right away because it's pretty difficult to talk about this movie to talk around certain things in this movie. If you don't want anything spoiled, even us trying to talk around it is probably still going to spoil stuff. So I've just ba basically been on a blackout for the last few days. And by that, I mean, passed out <laughs> drunk. It is a problem. Yeah. And I'm dehydrated. He's in a bathrobe with a bottle of holiday nog. <laughs> <laughs> I need Pedialyte stat. Um, that's what, right. Isn't that the thing that people, I don't go to pharmacies. I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> Isn't that, that for a, kids? Yes, it is. But don't people like but, drink that? But drunk, to... but drunk teenagers drink it too, because that's how you get your fluids back. Yes, oh, thank you, you Heather. You, nah, you savage lush. Gatorade's for you know for amateurs. If you really are a hardcore partier, <laughs> you go the Pedialyte. <laughs> thank you. you know. In addition to being a top critic, Heather Wixon is a hardcore partier. So we're glad that we're getting her perspective on Star Wars: The Last Jedi as well. Um, Have you I, ever mixed Benadryl and Airborne? What happens? No, I, I don't. I don't make. I think I'm, you just I'm become a Highlander, hardcore, right? Careful. <laughs> you fall asleep healthy. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyway, so we're going to talk about the Last Jedi. Uh, spoil spoilery discussion about the Last Jedi. I was very surprised when I came out of the movie because, as I said, I was on a blackout, and I came out of the movie and finally allowed myself to like look at Twitter. Um, and uh, it turns out this is a very polarizing movie, which I did not expect. I know that everything is kind of polarizing mm -hmm. nowadays. Um, and there were certainly people who did not love The Force Awakens, but the level of discourse around The Last Jedi seems very different. Um, there are either, there's either one side saying, this is the best Star Wars movie, or the other side saying, this is a garbage movie that I hated. Yeah, where people are, like, tweeting Ryan Johnson and even, like, the cinematographer and blaming them. That guy's got it coming. Yeah. I assume. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I, yeah. I, I just feel like they wanted they wanted The Force Awakens, like, served on a platter again. And heaven forbid that, like, Ryan Johnson was like, you know all these things that you think you want now? You don't want those things. And we're just going to throw them away. And we're going to start new. And heaven for Like, I saw the guy who, like, burned his Star Wars shirt. I'm like, hey, good job, genius. The shirt you already paid for. People like, George burning their home, things? Like, oh, my God. Yeah, it's yeah, like a LeBron James, we're you, burning you our Cavs jersey thing. Yeah. yeah, you didn't feel a disturbance in the Force this morning? This, that was it. I had no idea this was the movie that ruined Star Wars. I, actually, I came out of it not knowing that. It was actually Donnie Yen who burned his shirt. Oh, all right. Yeah. Well, 
that's understandable. Yeah. <laughs> um, so this is very fascinating because, right, the reaction to The Force Awakens was either, that was really fun, I really liked that, or I didn't like that, that was too much like the original Star Wars. Yes. And so now here's The Last Jedi, which is like, we're not going to be like the original Star Wars. And now people also don't like that. So what is the correct balance? I, w- I was surprised by the response just because I thought Star Wars was like Marvel, where it was kind of just back on course where everybody loved everything yes, with it. Yes, so did I. Yeah. Everybody so, loved Rogue One. Yeah. How else can you explain that? Yeah, that is, yeah, come to think of it. I mean, Rogue One isn't, I, I like Rogue One, but it's fine. not real memorable. <laughs> right. um, but yeah, everybody was kind of like, yeah, Rogue One. They fixed it in post. <laughs> and in this one, they just It's like, a totally new kind it. of Star Wars movie, right? <laughs> yeah. And now here we have a totally new kind of Star Wars movie and people are burning their shit. Yeah. Yeah. I, I will say, though, um, the first time I saw it, I, I've seen it twice. The first time I saw it, I was thrown off. I, but not like this is bad thrown off. It's just... Like literally like, someone threw you off your seat? <laughs> yeah. Were you sitting in someone else's seat? It was a 40X. Oh, all right. Um... <laughs> So when uh, when Laura Dern hits light speed, I literally fell out of my seat. Um, that was going to happen anyway. Yeah, let's face it. That's true. Yeah, when she said like something rebels, I fell out of my seat. <laughs> like every every single thing Laura did, Dern did, I fell off my seat. Dern did. Dern did. Um, yeah. No. So the first time I saw it, like I, I, it was weird. Like it, I went opening night, like seven o'clock, the first show, and. Just the mood after the movie was over was weird because I remember after Force Awakens, people were like pumped, and after Rogue One, people were maybe not as pumped but chatty. And in this one, it was like people were like getting up right away, not even staying for like the Carrie Fisher credit. Like they were out of the theater already. Like, and usually people do that when they really don't like something. Yeah, right. And so I thought that was really strange. And then I. I, I enjoyed it, but I was kind of like mixed positive on it. And then the next day I had like, and this almost never happens except for movies as big as Star Wars. I'll have like friends come out of the woodworks and text me and they're like, what did you think? Or like, I'm confused on how I feel about it. What did you think about this? And we bounced it off each other. And it started with that. And then throughout the day, I was listening to other podcasts and reading like on Twitter and stuff like that. And then it became about like the Ron Tomatoes split between how critics are like in the 90% favorable, but like fans are lower than the Phantom Menace on it in the favorables. And it was almost like ruined for me because people were nitpicking it so hard. Mm hmm. And I needed to like see it right away. And then the second time I saw it, it was almost like seeing a completely different movie. Um, and I liked it even more. Okay. So yeah. did you? The second time you saw it, was it like in the middle of the night again? No, oh, no, okay. I didn't. I went right after work. I wanted to go in the middle of the night. Yeah. I saw like there were there was a woman in the row with me who said she's just like I screwed up, and luckily they let me exchange it. But I bought tickets for the 4:20 a.m. IMAX, mm. and I'm just like. Why didn't I go to that show? <laughs> Stoned. Um, Robin, what are your initial reactions to the movie and have they changed over the last few days? Um, I came out of it really, really liking it. Um, I'm a, I saw it on Friday, so I'm a few days out. I still really like it. There's things, the more I think about it, that didn't completely work for me, but I don't understand people hating it. 
Yeah. I'm, uh, uh, all right. I guess we'll talk about that. But uh, <laughs> Heather, are you going to be the one who hated it on this episode? Oh, dear God, no. I, um, I mean, so. it, there's there's some issues that I took away from it. And I also saw it on Friday. So I, I kind of feel like you have to have a few days to digest this one. I didn't All right. Feel I'm just like going to excuse myself. And, yeah. You, uh, we, you're not needed. Uh, do Mr. me a Brownlee. favor. We'll, we'll you talk guys, amongst ourselves. Thank you. Yeah, we got this. Go get um, your Pedialyte. And <laughs> <laughs> your really, shine box. <laughs> This was one of like the first Star Wars movies. I think that like I had to take a moment afterwards because I was one kind of physically exhausted after it because it it felt long and it's the first and I don't mean that in a bad way, but I was <laughs> to borrow something for family. I was conscientious of the fact that I'd been sitting in a theater for over two hours where I didn't feel that with Rogue One and I didn't feel that with uh, with Force Awakens. And it wasn't that it was a bad experience by any means, but I just felt like there was parts of the story that I was like, oh, well, we're clearly wrapping things up. Oh, no, 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 we're not. OK. And for me, maybe it was just sort of that exhaustion with people where they just almost felt like. Maybe they weren't prepared for it. Maybe they were just looking for the the roller coaster ride, but not like the actual like who afterwards and having to sort of carry it. Because, I mean, if you think about it, some of these fans, you know, Star Wars has been here for 40, you know, something years now. Like, I get it. I get why some fans are upset with the Luke Skywalker thing. Um, I don't know that I necessarily 100% am okay with that decision, but I respect it because, frankly, I need the franchise to go forward. We can't keep going to the past. Um, and I think for me, it's it's a really exciting time to be a Star Wars fan because it's a huge galaxy. There's so many things to do out there. You know, we don't have to continuously rely on these characters that we've been relying on for decades. Um, so I think for me, I think that was the biggest thing is that I think it was the Luke Skywalker you know, kind of going into the force at the end and, and disappearing. Cause I think a lot of fans were like, what? I really don't think they were expecting that. And I think that's why they're pissed. Were, were people not expecting it? I don't know. Like I can't decide. Is it were people not expecting it or. I think they wanted him if he was going to go like to go in a more quote unquote dramatic way. Like, I mean, I was kind of expecting, you know, his downfall to be Kylo Ren. I think a lot of people were, and I don't necessarily, but I like that Ryan Johnson didn't give us the thing that we were expecting. Um, but been... at the same time, it did feel a little like, oh, he just poof, there he goes. He's like in the wind now. And I think for some fans, they needed something more. I don't say, I'm not saying I did, but right. I can see where fans who have, you know, because there are, fandom with Star Wars is a thing, you know? So it's a sacred thing to a lot of fans, and I get it. Um, it didn't bother me, but I get where, where fans would be coming from. I was bothered on the level that, and it's not, I'm not actually bothered by it, but I just didn't want this new series to be about, like, well, we have to kill a major character in each installment, right? So we killed yeah. Han Solo, and now we got to get rid of Luke. And obviously, I don't think they'll be getting rid of Leia in the next movie. Um, so I'm glad that she did survive this movie because I don't think I could handle watching her die on screen, you know, mm -hmm. uh, given what happened. But and so I'm assuming she's just going to actually make it out of this trilogy. I don't know. She won't be in the next movie, but, you know, not because she's dead, I'm assuming. But I quite liked the way that everything was handled with Luke. I'm glad he didn't die in battle. I really liked his last scene. Um all the stuff he did on Salt Planet with Kylo Ren I thought was really cool. And then the reveal that he's essentially just projecting himself. Um, and the, that 
amazingly gorgeous shot that echoes the famous shot from Star Wars. I thought that was a really nice way of bringing things full circle in a way that wasn't as obnoxious as some of the other stuff that we've gotten in this series, whether it's George Lucas's insistence on what does he call it? Like echoes or whatever in the prequel trilogy. Yeah. yeah. Um, or even some of the stuff J.J. Abrams did in The Force Awakens, which, again, is a movie I like. I don't want to just talk about this movie in in reaction to all of the other Star Wars movies, which seems to be how people are kind of talking about it. And that's a really weird thing now because it's like what we were talking about with like the Batman series a few months ago where there's enough of these where it's like if one isn't to your liking yeah. it shouldn't be the end of the world right. anymore right so yeah well, i yeah. i think for me the one, the one thing that i i took away from that moment also is it's it's kind of the ultimate screw you to kylo because the only thing he wants to do is to destroy luke skywalker right. and now he cannot and i think for me that what they do with Luke makes him a way more intriguing character in the future because, you know, he's kind of a petulant teenager in this film where he's kind of stomping around and, you know, re- being very, very reactionary. And I think it's kind of cool. Like he's like, as soon as he figures out Luke's gone, like it's, it's the one thing he wants the most in this universe and he can't have it now. Plus how great is see around kid or see you soon kid. Yeah. Oh man. I, <laughs> I think, like, even if you weren't crazy about it being... I've heard, like, people say that they felt cheated, that it was a hologram and not the real embodiment of Luke Skywalker. I thought that it's was so much cooler. Thing. It's the same yeah. thing. Right. It's the exact same thing. There was stakes to it. It wasn't like it was just, like, an Avatar thing where, like, nobody could die or it was, like, a dream or anything like that. So <laughs> and We don't have to take shots at Avatar. I didn't mean we that. Okay. I, didn't even <laughs> mean, I didn't even mean that. But um, the... <laughs> The thing is, that scene and their character interactions, and by the way, I don't, I'll, I could listen to Adam Driver yelling at people all day. <laughs> like, he's a great actor. I really enjoy him, but especially when he's yelling at people, like, when he's yells, like, traitor at Finn in yeah. Force Awakens, yeah. it's, like, worth the entire 140 <laughs> minutes. Um, yeah, but the whole scene with, with Luke and Kylo fighting just, like fire every bullet at mm-hmm. him leading to brushing the dirt off his mm. shoulder back to you can strike me down but I'm still going to fuck with you mm-hmm. forever because I'm living in your brain <laughs> like it's like it was so like I I've heard people talk about like the samurai influence with the Jedi mm, and stuff yes. like that and even the way that Luke is dressed looks samurai-ish and everything and just just the way that the sequence looks with that salt planet and the reds coming off of the whites and then just they're fighting in the lightsaber sound effects. I mean, like, just on a cinema level, how could you not be won over by that? Sure. That's something that I find hard to can, wrap my Can I ask around. a question? Uh, just because I, I this is something that's bothered me since the movie. So in the scene with the hologram where Luke goes to Leia, and he hands her the dice from the Millennium Falcon. How does Adam Driver have the dice at the end of the movie? I think it's like when Kylo and Ray were force Skyping at each that's, other. That's what I assumed. And like they had the what? moisture on his glove so you right. can kind his, of bring yeah. stuff through. Right. They disappeared, right? But, right? but Kylo wasn't in the room with him and Leia. 
I don't know. I just feel, I well, felt he like went, that he was went weak. into the room but though that she was in. They were ghost dice. Yeah, I don't were, know if you know. Have you? Yeah. You, I, I, you don't know the rules ghost of ghost dice. dice? I guess I don't. <laughs> they figure no, prominently can, into the Star Wars mythos. Yeah. I, it's, it's such a I can lend you thing. my Casper Yahtzee game, and you will learn dice. about ghost dice. We are so playing Casper Yahtzee when I come come to Chicago <laughs> in August. You better that better be a thing. You better not be lying oh, to me, boy. Risky, because furiously goes it. on eBay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so again, I don't think. Ryan Johnson is playing coy with what he wants to do in this movie because there are lines of dialogue that just are straight up stating the text, right? Like, yeah. burn the past, uh, get rid of it, we have to move forward. Or even um, that scene at the end where, you know, Kylo exists to annihilate Luke Skywalker. His whole thing is fire everything we have at this guy. Um, and it, it, it goes back to Rose's line, right? Where, you know, you don't destroy w- winning. I forget exactly what it, it's like. We're going to win not by destroying what we hate, but by saving what we love. Yeah. And that's the contradiction that we get in those in that last scene with Luke and Kylo, because Kylo exists just to destroy what he hates. And what Luke is doing is saving what he loves. He's saving the survivors. He's saving Leia. And when he first comes to see her, it wasn't until I was reflecting back on it that I realized that because he comes to see her and he says, I'm not here to save him. And she says, I know. And at that point, I read that line as like, I'm here to kill him. Yeah. I'm going to end this. Yeah. But reflecting back on it, no, he wasn't here to kill him because he wasn't even really there. He was there to provide a distraction to save everyone else. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know. I think that's kind of beautiful. I, you know, some people may feel like Rose's line is a little bit too on the nose. For me, it was like the most profound thing in the movie. I also like that in that dialogue between Luke and Leia, he's sort of, it, by proxy, Ryan Johnson, taking a hard line and saying like, you know what? No redemption for Kylo. Because like, okay, I, that's one thing like, and it's never bothered me about the Star Wars series, but... Like, I always, it always, maybe I'm just not the most forgiving of people, but it's like Anakin Skywalker did horrible things for like the majority of his life. I think it's okay to not want him to be redeemed. (laughs) And like Kylo, too, he like killed Han Solo and he's done a lot of bad things. He killed Snoke. Why? And for that, he gets a high five. Yeah, it's like, why? (laughs) Fuck Snoke. It's like, why? Snoke every day. (laughs) So it's like, why? At the end of his life, does he have to be redeemed? Why can't he just be a piece of shit? So like, when they killed Snoke, and you basically just have Kylo as your main bad now, it's just like, ooh, they might not redeem him, because otherwise, who is the villain? And I was excited about that. It's going to be Dom Hall Gleason. Um... I didn't like how they made him into a punk. What do you mean? They totally made him into a punk in this movie. Because, like, like, in The Force Awakens, I feel like he could have... He still had some threat to him. Oh, see, I thought he was, like, the worst part of The Force Awakens. Not because he's a bad actor. I just thought the way he chose to play that part. And so I thought Ryan Johnson picked up on that same thing and turned him into kind of a stooge. Like, I don't know. That's me. Yeah. I don't know. I think, like, if he's your second in command, he can't be, like, a total. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah. Um, Robin, what did you think of the Luke stuff at the end? Since we're apparently starting at the end and going backwards. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
I I liked it. I thought it worked. The fact that he, um, I don't know, that he kind of came back and saved them. Not saved them. He he did save them because yeah. he gave them distraction. Right. Um, I liked the fact that he appeared younger when he was in his, like... Projection or whatever. Projection, yeah, because yeah, that's how, how Kylo and Leia would have remembered him. Mm-hmm. And, it, like, he spent most of the movie just being kind of, like, a curmudgeonly asshole and it was nice for him to finally like at the end be like yeah i know i'm at peace with this like this has i my generation has to kind of die and the new one will rise but it'll keep going on because you see that little kid at the end so i don't know the resistance will keep fighting did you like the little kid at the end i didn't hate it (laughs) um when I was walking out of the theater, these people were in front of me, and they were like, Luke's soul is in that little boy. And I was just like, I, I don't think that's what they were going <laughs> it for. It seems like a bit of a leap. <laughs> like, I, I almost wanted to interrupt them and be like, you are wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Have you guys seen a movie? <laughs> um, yeah, I feel like the little kid is a bridge too far for a lot of people. Yeah. I think had the movie ended on that great shot of like, hey, we're what's left of the resistance. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of this group shot. And it's... You think it's sort of the logical end, and then it goes on for this extra beat. And I think had it ended on that beat, people wouldn't be so hard on it. Yeah. I think I don't mind the the little boy um, because, again, to me, it's an echo of the last shot from Empire, which is pretty obvious. But also, I think it's making a larger point that, again, the Force and, by proxy, Star Wars belongs to everyone not just you, asshole mouth breathers. Um, And it's not about midi-chlorians, and it's not about being born with a special power. Um, Everyone is capable of doing what the Force allows you to do. Everyone is capable of feeling it, of experiencing it, of doing good, of being part of the solution and not part of the problem. Again, is it a little bit on the nose? Maybe, but I thought it fit in with what the movie was trying to say. Yeah, I don't know. I think what the I go back and forth because I my oh god, it's, it, I I want it to end with the Millennium Falcon sure, shot sure, after sure. the group shot. Sure. But then the shot with the kids like in the Arlington racetrack in space, <laughs> like I am okay I'm okay with it and I love I think it's kind of beautiful that he's looking up into the sky and there's just that flash yeah. with the with the light speed and everything like that. And it kind of made me think of like just when I was a kid with Star Wars where it's like even if I didn't know the movies, I knew the iconography enough to be able to like look up at a, on at the sky on a starry night and just mm-hmm. imagine like that there's Star Wars shit happening mm-hmm. up there. Um but part of me is just like but it shouldn't be about me. And it shouldn't be about, like, fan culture reaction to Star Wars. And I think that's a little bit of what it is. It's like what you said with, like, the Star Wars for everyone. So I don't know if... I think it kind of doubles it's Star Wars for everyone within, like, the cinematic universe. But it's also Star. It's also saying something like Star Wars for everyone within, like, the viewership. Mm. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I have, like... I, I'm. I, I haven't decided on kind of how I feel about that scene. Well, I think it's also partly, again, about saying, like, these are our heroes now. Um, because think about Rey in The Force Awakens and sort of her hero worship of Luke Skywalker, of Han Solo. Yeah. 
that little boy watching the Millennium Falcon fly away, he's not watching Luke Skywalker and Han Solo. He's watching Ray and Finn and Rose and Poe. And those are our heroes now. That's who he's looking at uh, in terms of who's going to save the galaxy mm-hmm. because our previous heroes are gone. Yeah. Which, again, is so yeah. much of what this movie is about. And is that why people are reacting angrily to it? That That it's essentially saying you guys got to let go because the force awakens as much as I enjoyed, it, it's a super entertaining movie mm-hmm. is not a movie about letting go at all. It's, it's entirely about like, let's celebrate star Wars and yeah. all the things we love about star Wars and these characters and these beats and this music and this iconography. And that's fine. It, that's what needed to happen to get everyone back. I think, um, but I appreciate that we're not then getting the force awakens redux Mm-hmm. And we're taking things in another direction. Yeah. Uh, no, I, 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 I'm speaking for other people as like their spokesperson, I guess. <laughs> um, but because I don't feel this way, but I think that there is something to it where it's like, oh, just another thing that they took away from us is like this predictable, but was, but dependable. What was taken away? It's the predictable, dependable, fun, non-challenging Star Wars that like mouth breathers who won't read past surface level. I just don't get it because again, I thought that was the objection to, you know, when the force awakens comes out, it's like, Oh, it's too much like the old star Wars. I mean, at least give Lucas credit. He did something different with the prequels. I heard that a lot Um, where the prequels were being reassessed because, well, at least they were different. They weren't just what JJ Abrams did. And so now here we have a movie that kind of is able to do both, right? It's incorporating things that J.J. Abrams did and it's incorporating characters that we're familiar with and have grown to love while also taking things in a new direction and not just redoing Star Wars. And yet somehow this is still a rejection of what I love about Star Wars. And I, again, we all have our different relationship with this series. At no point did I feel like my relationship to Star Wars, my affection for Star Wars was being rejected um, was I, at no point did I feel like I was being told I was wrong or stupid for liking this stuff. Like it was not a rejection of me as a fan. I think it was just an acknowledgement that we're going to change. We're going to be doing something different. We're going to be going in a new direction. And I don't think it's just a meta commentary about star Wars either. If we're going to, I mean, we could certainly extrapolate this to, the world that we are currently living in where we have literally our president's spokesperson make it's our president's spokesperson our president's slogan you know make america great again which mm. no one has ever said well when was it great and it turns out it was when we had slaves if you ask Roy Moore but mm-hmm. may he rest in peace um but do you think the reason why maybe people are rejecting that is because this is like the first I won't even say because I, I have to think back on the the rest of the series, but maybe but this is a movie that's very much speaking in subtext where about what's happening now, and I think maybe people want Star Wars to be a complete escape, which isn't right necessarily in my opinion. I think like you can still have your cake and eat it too, mm-hmm. um, but I think that's maybe why they're rejecting it. But you know, I I don't know I. 
to be honest, here, here's the thing. Here's kind of I'm gonna kind of put a button on this because I don't want it to be all about other people's reactions instead of the four of our reactions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To um, is I really I from the bottom of my heart, with the exception of the three people that I'm talking to right now, I don't care what anybody else thinks about the Last Jedi. <laughs> you know whose opinion is the only one that matters to me? Is it Pretty mine? much mine. Patrick's, Thank you, Heather's, Robin's, <laughs> mine, maybe Rob's, but that's about <laughs> it. But that's about it. Like I really don't care what yeah. the fuck anybody else thinks of it because yeah. I know what I think of it, and that's yeah. what matters to me. Yeah, so, yeah. I don't know. Um, let me ask you both a question. Do you think that the movie maybe felt a little bit long? And Heather, you are not the first person I have heard say that. Uh, my wife even said it when the movie was over. Is because when we get to that scene, and we need to talk about the the big red room scene, um, which is one of many scenes where, again, Ryan Johnson literally burns everything down. So many things burn down in this movie. Like, he couldn't be more obvious about it. Anyway, um it's it's very much an echo of that climactic scene in Return of the Jedi, right? Where we have the hero and the supreme villain. Here it's fucking Snoke. And uh, in <laughs> Jedi, it's the Emperor. And then we have the go-between, whether it's Kylo Ren or Darth Vader. And it's about his redemption and what is he going to do. And in both cases, he turns on his leader, uh, albeit for perhaps different reasons. Um, and so I think, and maybe I'm wrong about this, maybe I, I too am projecting, but our movie clocks during that scene tell us things are wrapping up because that's the moment where things wrap up in Jedi. And then there's a whole other act after that. Um, all the stuff on Salt Planet still comes after that. Um, but let's, so let's talk about the Red Room scene. What do you guys think of it? Just jump everybody, in. You don't have to be. Everybody polite. jumps in at once. Just jump um, in. Yeah, I, I, for me, I kind of felt like that was one of the best scenes. I mean, it, it's funny because you go in it and you kind of know where it's going. I mean, especially you know with with sort of that Jedi connection. Um, but what you know, first of all, you know the cinematography and that that whole. I mean, the whole movie is gorgeous, but I really loved like that setting in particular because i just thought the 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 super cool new uh order troop dudes were like really fun and i'm kind of excited to play battlefront 2 because i really hope that they're in there <laughs> uh, i'm like they're just so cool uh, you know i'm like hmm you know i don't have any star wars pop vinyl but i might get one of those guys because they're kind of badass um with really cool weapons but you know it's like for me the best part of that scene is almost ray's reaction to everything and i it's it's kind of the moment where you feel bad for her like it's the I think it's the first time I've ever really felt bad for her in these movies because you've kind of known from beyond this like that she can kind of handle things and then she's finally in this situation that you know for as strong and powerful as she is she's kind of this observer because what she's dealing with is a little bit out of her league and that's okay like you know I know there's been talk that you know Ray's like this character who can do no wrong and she's you know whatever the the Mary Sue or whatever the crap it is that people talk about I don't know I don't when care. you say people you mean Max Landis <laughs> oh god anyway watch um, Bright everyone on Netflix no um, <laughs> I'm actually seeing it Tuesday I don't know we'll see um but you know for me like you're you're absolutely right like at that point you're like oh yeah this is it this is the moment we we're we're building to and then it keeps going um again i just i think it's a really 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 well composed scene just from 
the way that everything is like stage production wise, like on a technical level, that's probably one of the best scenes in the entire movie. Yeah. Uh, and I, I want to ask if, if maybe it was just me, but the one scene when they're doing like the, the mind meld between Ray and Kylo and Kylo had his shirt off. Like, yeah. Is it, is it me or does it seem like Adam Driver's head was a little tiny for the body? <laughs> I was like, I just was like, I wasn't expecting that chest. And I was like, it was like a CGI background. Well, I just, I don't know, but I was like, who is that? I'm like, did they, did they like digitally put his face on somebody else's body? Like it just did. It was my body. I can, I've been. (laughs) I I would, I would suspect as much. I signed Uh, an NDA, but the movie's out. It's time. to. Didn't you see Patterson? He was doing pushups during every scene. (laughs) (laughs) No, I, I agree with you on, I, I love that scene where they're in Snoke's lair or whatever it's called bridge mm-hmm. i guess when they're um, like standing in front of that snoke screen <laughs> <laughs> I, I love it um no I, it, the first thing that i thought when i saw that i was just like "Ooh, this is just like masters of the universe but like a high budget <laughs> canon set um so i was really excited about that and then heather i think he raised a good point about like it being the first time he kind of ever felt kind of like ray couldn't handle the situation because it's so true um she bet she pushed all her chips in on Kylo Ren and she doesn't have anybody else from the resistance with her. She's isolated. She's just with like the most evil people in the galaxy and she never she doesn't even have like the f- confidence in her own training with Luke because that kind of got set, you know cut short mm-hmm. and everything. And then He's, like, mind-fucking her the whole time about, like, trying to, you know, psych her out with the stuff about her family and everything like that. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of similar to... It's a weird... It's a really interesting, like, weird mix of, like, the Jedi climax and then also in a kind of di- way a twist on the Empire climax because it's just everything that you know, all your confidence mm-hmm. is... You have no idea what's coming next. It's just we're stripping all of that down and kind of breaking you down. Uh, you know, mentally and everything like that. So, no, I thought that scene was great. And then, like, and then you end that scene with, like, a freaking fantastic, you know, lightsaber battle. Yeah, it was a cool fight scene. It's a great, great scene. Yeah. Yeah. And it's fun to see the two of them team up, however temporary, you know, (laughs) and it's not like, we're we're on the same side now, but (laughs) it was fun to see the two of them team up. (laughs) Robin, how about you? Um, I'm going to pile on the love for that scene. <laughs> I I loved the fact that Snoke was so easy to kill. Like, <laughs> yes. Even the filmmakers were just like, mm, screw this guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the, the part when she tosses him, <laughs> when she tosses him the lightsaber and he just like turns it on through the guy's head. Oh, that was great. I don't know why, but I liked that so much. <laughs> because it was like, here's something different with a lightsaber. You know, we yeah. haven't seen somebody do that with a lightsaber. That was cool. But I also the entire time kept being like, okay, when's like the other the sh- other shoe going to drop? Like, right. when is Kylo going to do something bad? Like, I just kept waiting for, for that, for him to like turn on her. And I... I was worried the entire scene that she was going to have something terrible happen. (laughs) Well, I, you know, having gone into the movie knowing like, okay, Ryan Johnson is probably going to mix it up a little bit. Right. Um, And the trailers 
I think, do heavily imply that Ray could turn to the dark side. And the first half of the movie talks about that. And Luke says, you went there without hesitation. And so there was part of me during that scene that was like waiting for the switch where like, oh, now Kylo's the good one and Ray is the on the dark side. That would break my heart. I, I'm not interested in that movie. Yeah. Like, I feel like they explored the idea. Yeah. As far as they needed to, and then got things back to where they needed to be. Um, I will admit that, and maybe this is just me being dumb, or Heather, as you said, maybe it's because I haven't lived with it long enough. Um, but <laughs> I, some of the motivations in that scene are strange to me in terms of, I guess, what, what, what Kylo Ren is up to. Okay. Is it just, hey, I want to be in charge? I'm My whole goal is burn down what came before me, and Snoke is before me, so he's got to go. We're going to build something new, like what he says to Rey, and is he sincere when he says, join me? It's it's the enemy of my enemy is my friend, I think, situation, okay. you know, where he knows, like, all right, so I'm going to kill Snoke, which means it's going to piss off all these little red red dudes running around. <laughs> so I'm not going to show my, my hand yet to Ray because I know the only way I'm getting out of this scene alive is if the two of us, you know, kind of come together and, you know, fight this little, little you know, tiny armada. Um, so I think he was sort of playing a game that maybe I don't even know that he knew he was going to play. But I think realizing that he finally had that opportunity to sort of become, you know, it's essentially him becoming a man. Um, you know, it's his it's I his right of passage. I a man in that scene with his shirt off. Yeah, I think that we was... all did. <laughs> um, but I think for him, that was sort of his moment where, you know, where he grows up and he realizes if, you know, he doesn't want to be talked down to anymore. He doesn't want to be treated like a child. He wants the power. He wants the new order, you know. And this is the only way it's going to happen, but I can't physically do this all by myself. So I'm going to keep playing the game with the girl because I know I can, because he knows that she still has this emotional connection and she's so pure and she's so good that there is still, I think, still part of her in that moment that believes that maybe, just maybe, there's good in him. Oh, yeah, for and sure. It's, it's a, and, it's, and it's a really tough lesson for her to come out of there and realize that, you know what, some people there just is no good in. Yeah. It's like how I picked up Ezekiel Elliott in my fantasy football league. I know he's a bad person, but he might help me win a game. I mean, I'll take your word for it because I didn't understand a word you just said. <laughs> Some people will. Sports. Not one goddamn word. Sports. So one of the things that I did read, and again, I don't want to just get into reactions, but this does color my own reaction. Um, one of the things I, I felt people were dis- – oh, so I texted Mike after the movie because he, he texted me. He said, what would you think? I said, I liked it. Um, why are people so mad about it? Because I had seen a few things. And he said, well, I think one of the reasons is um, that – Ryan Johnson kind of undoes some of the big questions raised in The Force Awakens, like who are Ray's parents and what's up with Snoke and what's his real identity, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, man. I Those questions didn't – I wrote him back like, well, good, because those were stupid, because those questions did not interest me. Like to suggest that Ray's parents were special and somehow she is therefore special is not interesting to me. Um I didn't necessarily like the way that 
you know, The Force Awakens makes the galaxy feel so small by making everyone related to one another. And so then everyone's saying, is Rey Luke's daughter? Is she is she Snoke's daughter? Like by having everyone be a blood relative, it makes it so much less interesting to me. So for him to just say, like, you're no one, your parents suck. They ditched you and they're dead. His delivery of that speech is amazing because it's mm-hmm. like every guy who's ever like tried to gaslight a girl. Um, so, but just like you're, you're no one, you know, you're, you're not, you're not special. You're nothing. Like, doesn't that make her so much more interesting then that like, yeah. she doesn't come from midi chlorians or whatever, but she's still special. Yeah. I, I, I like that too, because it kind of ties in for me with, you know, there's like that great speech that Mark Hamill gives to Ray where he's like, the Jedi were a failure. That's right. our legacy Right, is, you know, we had a lot of hubris to us with the books and with the teaching and everything like that. And it's almost like, yeah, I mean, it worked, it works sometimes. It doesn't work other times. Like it's not the end all be all. It's not everything. It's not something where we need to be too, you know, like set in stone about it. And that's the thing that's neat about it. It, it, I, I think my big, big takeaway with this movie is I'm excited that I have absolutely no idea where episode nine is going to go. I have no idea. And I trust the people involved to do something so much better than any type of fan speculation or my speculation could ever be. The thing that I think is weird, though, is it's almost like this would make more sense if Ryan Johnson was doing episode nine because he's almost like deciding what jj abrams is going to have for dinner and i hope that they (laughs) called each other first and talked about this but you know like if 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 ryan johnson can write it i I don't think he is right is he writing the next one i don't even know who's writing there i don't either like if he could write it and jj abrams could just execute that script i would be on board i'm i'm more confident in jj abrams than i was in colin trevorrow thank god oh my god can you imagine but um I worry that, you know, and this is, I'm getting way ahead of myself, but like, is J.J. Abrams going to sort of backslide into something that feels safe again? Because that's where he likes... this become, I was going to say, has this become his Beyond Darkness for Star Wars? Right? Uh, Yeah. uh, I'm hoping the J.J. Abrams that we get is the Super 8 J.J. Abrams who can like really kind of hit a real strong emotional beats bringing everything together so i'm hoping that's what happens yeah he just he likes to exist in such a comfortable space which yeah. again is what made the force awakens so crowd pleasing but i don't know i would i would rather this again continue to go in some interesting directions but at least it's jj abrams and chris terrio are writing episode oh nine. chris terrio writer of justice league yeah are boy i have all kinds of confidence now <laughs> Well, I what I think is sort of interesting about what they do with Ray's lineage in this film. It's interesting if you go back and you look at the original trilogy, and even if you look at sort of the prequel trilogy too. These films have always sort of been about families and relationships um, between these characters, which I think is why, you know, the first trilogy kind of feels small because you know Luke shows up and he's Darth Vader's kid and he's you know his sister is Leia out of you know oh what a coincidence um so I think it's an interesting turn that Ryan Johnson's like yeah we're not gonna do that um I think for me I would have liked to have known about Ray's lineage but I didn't I didn't need her parents to be special I just feel like I mean I do feel like it's an interesting way to kind of go with it in terms of you know 
there's there's nothing here like you know stop looking for jedis to you know make her parents and stuff mm-hmm. um but the one thing that i sort of thought was interesting because we've talked about sort of burning down the past and you know kind of moving towards the future i think the one way that they sort of really did a huge disservice in terms of new characters is they totally fucked up captain phasma like you have this really new interesting character that you introduce in force awakens and she's kind of tossed away in this movie literally. and that's a new character like literally tossed away into lava like yeah it was kind of know. like a mortal combat annihilation battle and i then, will take right? your word for it because i didn't understand most of those words <laughs> But wasn't she kind of thrown away in Force Awakens? They, like, tossed her into the trash? <laughs> Literally. <Yeah. laughs> like, like, you know, for me, I'm like, she's so badass. And I'm like, hey, we finally have a, f- a female villain who ranks high, you know, on on the bad guy side. You know, it's not just a woman working at a desk, which is what we normally see. So you have a really interesting potential with this character. And they're like, eh, no, we're not going to do anything with her. We're going to throw her into a lava pit. And I was like, ah. Oh. That kind of sucks. I'd rather have her on the bad guy's side, like up high, than Hux. So. Yeah, I'd rather yeah. have Phasma than Hux. I really like, this is just real stupid, but I really liked how shiny her suit was. <laughs> well, this is Boba Fett syndrome. Like, she's not an interesting character. She's just a cool design. Like, yeah. Well, we never got to find out if she could have been a, an interesting <laughs> yeah, maybe. character. I was just about to say the same thing as you, Heather. It's like, like Lady Bird, not that we know of yet. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I like I like the idea of you know a female um, in that position of being sort of the badass fighter. Yeah. Uh, and again, I, I appreciated this movie's efforts to include more women, more people of color. I mean, you have scenes with just a black actor and an Asian actor, and they're the heroes of your movie. And we cut to all the pilots, and it's all different races and lots of female faces and not just, you know, white dudes, which is kind of what came before. And I don't think it's like patting itself on the back. I don't think it's trying to be super in your face about it. It just feels natural. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I really like that. What if the female, what if Maz Kanata becomes a female villain? Mm. Because in the Battlefront 2 cutscene that that she was in in this movie, um, (laughs) we didn't see what she was shooting at. She could have been killing Uh. younglings. I bet she was. Everybody wanna, has a dark side. I want to see her hook up with Chewbacca in this series because uh, of that line in Force Awakens yeah, where right. she has the hot right. I will admit, I'm not especially interested in Maz Kanata. No, me neither. Um, I, not when, that I know of yet. <laughs> when she showed up, I was like, no, I don't need her to yeah. make an appearance. Casino Planet, that whole sequence was probably my least favorite stuff in the movie. That's the consensus. I kind of liked yeah. it though. It was just sort of like Bond and Bond in Star Wars land. I don't know. I just thought it was something really different that we haven't seen like before. I just kept thinking Arlington know. Racetrack the whole time, and I, I couldn't <laughs> oh, get that totally. out of my head. Yeah, the one like, interesting. I, oh, go ahead. I was just because I just wanted Space Bond to show up or something and do something cool. But Space Bond. Um, exactly. I was wondering if when they showed the, the space horses that they rode, I was wondering if Ronnie Yu was watching it and he's like, that's Warriors of Virtue kangaroos. Yes, he for sure was. Yeah. Um, again, I like the subtext of like, hey, let's put a fist through this place. And so they destroy it. Okay, neat. And I, I didn't love most of the Benicio del Toro stuff. Um, 
he makes some choices. I didn't necessarily love them. Whatever. I thought the one interesting development, and again, maybe this rattles people's beliefs about Star Wars, was that he says that the rebels are also... Uh, that the people there are also selling weapons to the rebels. Was what was it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah that they were. I just the ships too. There was a little bit of gray area there, mm-hmm. and I thought that was interesting. I also like. I thought that his um, his ideology was interesting in the sense that it's like, yeah, you win today, they win tomorrow. It's right. like I'm staying out of it. I'm I'm saving my own skin. I'm making sure that I'm profitable, and that's right. it. that's how I, I want to be apolitical about it. And that's interesting in this universe where everything is kind of black or white like which side are you on mm-hmm. um i yeah, i just was bugged by like his roger rabbit thing yeah was i wasn't was, i mean it's it's like he stuck out for me because it, it's weird like some actors like laura dern i think fits in nicely like i forget that it's laura dern but with benicio del toro like every time i see him i'm just like Oh, I just can't. I don't feel him in this universe yet. Like he hasn't settled in his character. He feels like the love boat guest star. Yeah, yeah. and and part of that is well, because of the way he's revealed, and it comes just a few minutes after Laura Dern is revealed, yeah. and so it's just like, look at the guest stars we have on this week's Star Wars. Yeah. Well, I think like for me, one, I didn't even know ben- Benicio del Toro was in the movie until I didn't somebody either. mentioned it on Twitter, and I was kind of bummed. I was like, oh man, like I wish I didn't know that. Um, so I, I didn't feel know, like and it, been- it didn't help. Oh, well, I, whatever. But like I, for me, like I was like, is this like maybe like uh, like a a story about like the collector and like his off days or hmm. something like that? Yeah, because he was like still kind of scroungy, you know, kind of like, you know, we see in Marvel. Um, but I think you, you mentioned that the fact that, you know, it sort of brought up this idea that, you know, the rebels also kind of, you know, basically go out there and buy weapons, too. And I think that's a it's a really interesting way to look at things now, because when you're dealing with war, it's, you know, it's all morally ambiguous. Like you think you're in the right, but you're still killing people. Right. And who is right? Who is wrong? It's not just the dark side and, you know, being on the side of the rebellion. Like it's all a morally gray situation. You just have to sort of pick your allegiances, um, you know, and it depends on if you're feeling like you want to be like on the cool side and go to the dark side, or if you want to fight for the sense of justice, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I mean, I think the, the tick thing was a little weird, but I don't know. It was just something different. I don't know. I guess it just feels like Benicio Del Toro just seems like one of those actors who every time he shows up, he's like, I got this idea. Like, <laughs> all right, I guess do it. You have an Oscar. <laughs> and so I would let him do any idea. I'll be honest. I like, can do all the ideas to me. It's okay. I want the end of episode nine to be just like the end of traffic where he's just on like some space baseball field and he's like that's what i got out of this yeah right uh (laughs) right robin what were you gonna say i gonna say do you think that they'll will he be back in the next movie like i don't know what you do with him will they try to redeem him or Uh, will he just like either way i'd be yeah i'd I'd be okay never seeing him again And he, not even because like just, he was the he worst, just but just me Patrick and he said the same about you. Okay, it's, yeah, no, that's fine. It, it, it's not. It, I'm not saying it's because he's the worst. I just feel like he fulfilled his function. Like what you yeah. know, to bring him back is for what? I feel, I feel like he's the Lando. 
I really do. I feel like he'll he'll be back and it's going to be some sort of like he'll come back and be sort of heroic or whatever because they sort of he's yeah. built built his character is built very much like Lando where like he wants the girl's necklace because you think oh well he's just all about like you know getting something for himself but then it turns out it's he's using it to be useful and you know so I think there's I think he's kind of the the new Lando um you know or if maybe, I'm putting it on that's those interesting terms. you should say that cuz it's like maybe that's the subversion is us to think that he's the new Lando of this movie because it's like the middle movie and he's the guy who you don't know if you can trust. And maybe Ryan Johnson saying like, no, that's he, he's shit. He's not going to get redeemed or come back later. So, yeah. Even his whole philosophy, sometimes you win, sometimes they win. Um, it goes on and on. Or this idea that the rebels are buying weapons because that's what we do in war he's essentially saying like, this is just going to keep playing itself out, mm-hmm. which it kind of has to, because when you look ahead at the end of the next movie, let's say the rebels win and mm-hmm. bring down the first order. Now what? Like you can't have star Wars without wars. Right. Yeah. So we have they put to... the war in star Wars, uh, right? Like <laughs> the fighting is never going to end in theory. Right. If this series is to continue. Yeah. But I want them to take a chance and do a Star Wars movie without wars. Okay. It. Like, right. I, I made a joke on the Force Awakens show that I want to see Jack Who Holiday. Yeah. I want, I really do. <laughs> like, when I'm watching, like, the Harry Potter movies and stuff, like, I want, I don't want to see Fantastic Beasts. I want to see, like, Harry and Ron at a Man U game, just chilling and be like, remember when we beat that guy? That was crazy. How are things with you? Like, I want to see that whole movie. You just want a whole movie of Chewie flying around with porgs just like all over the Falcon. For sure. Just <laughs> eating porg after yes. porg. The, no, that Was kind he of... eating those? <laughs> <laughs> he, he tried to eat the porg. He's yeah. going to eat it when they go away. You know that. <laughs> yeah. um, no, the uh, one thing that I, and this is just personal preference, it's not a, a knock on the movie on, on The Last Jedi, but I like the relationships between like Ray and Finn so much that I was kind of bummed a little bit that we didn't get more of that, that they were all split up, that they all had their own separate storylines. So I'm hoping now that they're all together yeah. again at the end of the movie, that there's more interaction between them. Cause I got real high school during this movie <laughs> where I'm just like, like when Finn and Rose are kind of a thing yeah. at the end, like when Rose kissed him, I was so mad. I was just like, I want Ray to be the girlfriend. And oh, then like, so when I didn't... thought she died, I was just like, Oh good. <laughs> Clear the way yeah. for, for Ray. And then when I saw that I... flirting with Poe and Ray. I was just oh. like, stop that. No. I had the same reaction. I was like, yeah. um, she's with Finn. What are you yes. doing? <laughs> it's, you know, it's really funny. I actually have never read the Ray Finn relationship as anything but a platonic. I, I don't know. Maybe really it's me. Into her. I, like, I would, really I would be okay with, they were just always friends. Like, I'm, I'm with you, Heather. I think they've got yeah. something in, that is the hardest thing to capture in the galaxy. And that's chemistry. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I, I thought Rose kissing Finn felt a little, abrupt i was fine with it because i wasn't like you're cheating on ray i was fine with it but i was like wait are you saying you love him based on what your casino run um but when when poe starts laying the charm on ray at the end there i was like oh listen i get it you saw that smirk she's like finn better course correct quick (laughs) like i love the fact that they were meeting for the first time too that that was the first time poe and ray met it's like we spent two movies with these people i want Poe to at least ask Finn if Finn is interested in Ray. 
Do you, do you think Poe cares though? Because he's pretty yes, impe- he's, like, impulsive. That's one thing I, I love was about Poe po so and much. Dern until she crashed herself into a starship. <laughs> that's one thing I like. I that, that's one thing I love so much about Poe is that every conversation he has. With you think Ray, he should ask for Poe mission? <laughs> um, well, he literally could have a relationship with everybody in that movie, and yeah. I think we'd be okay with it. Well, I'm just yes. saying, okay, one thing I really like about Poe is that every conversation he has with Finn is a reaffirmation of their friendship, because he's always like, my friend, buddy, hey! <laughs> and I always like that. I wish like Patrick was like that with me. Um, but the thing is, like, with... Like, <laughs> what if one time he's just like, hey, Finn, and Finn is like, wait, where do we stand? Yeah. <laughs> it's got to be at that point. He's just like, I'm going to name you! You like your new nickname? I like it too. Uh, no, the uh, but like he should at least ask. Like Rose, God bless her, God bless Rose. But I don't really like Rose that much. And like Rose should have like dare you. Eh, Rose is like any girl in Naperville. Like, but oh, Ray is like Ray is Ray. But like, okay, that's just my personal opinion. But the thing is, okay, like there's a lot of single men probably in the rebellion that Rose could be introduced to not anymore why does she need finn most of them are yeah, dead there's, a, there's like six people now yeah, and like, one right? of them is c-3po which by the way that was a beat that i loved too when they cut oh, c-3po yeah. off when he's giving the odds yeah. but he still had to finish saying it like he's sheldon cooper yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um i like rose and here's why not only did i think that that actor's performance was very charming when we meet rose She's immediately awestruck. You're Finn. You're a hero. And the second she thinks he's deserting, she does not hesitate. Like, all of that hero worship goes right out the door. And she's like, nope, for the larger cause. And she stuns his ass and captures him. And that immediately endeared her to me. Because she's somebody who's putting doing the right thing. She's not blinded by um, romanticizing certain things the way that, let's say, I don't know, Ray is... I just don't want Joey to end up with Pacey. <laughs> but did you want Joey to end up with Rachel? Who's Rachel again? Oh, uh, is I'm that just, it was, it was a Meredith Monroe? Oh, no, yeah, this no, is, I'm talking she about switched Justin's over Creek. to Friends. No, oh yeah, my we God. Have... I went to Friends. There's so many multiverses. I can't keep track of <laughs> Whoa, 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 wait. <laughs> wait, wait. Do you dick on multiverses? <laughs> you know I do. <laughs> Um, there's something else that I wanted to bring up and now I forgot. But if I have a, a disappointment with the movie, honestly, it's that I felt like Ray didn't quite pop enough for yeah. me. Yeah. I and then and that, I think that just goes back to, she's so great in the force awakens and you just fall in love with her from the moment you see her where she's trying the helmet on and sliding down the little thing. Um, I will again reaffirm that I think the first 20 to 30 minutes of The Force Awakens are as good as anything Star Wars ever. Mm -hmm. Um, It's really until like Han Solo shows up that I'm like, eh, all right. Uh, But I felt like, I won't say she was underserved because I think she has a lot to do, but I just didn't feel like she felt, I don't know, maybe more reactionary than I wanted her to be. It, it, it's it not that like, Daisy Ridley was bad. It just, yeah. she didn't pop for me the way she did in The Force Awakens, the, the character. Is it supposed to be that it's more kind of Luke's story over hers and then Kylo's story over hers? Maybe. Yeah. And maybe, it, so maybe it support. is. Right. So maybe, again, it's me having my expectations challenged, right? Because here I'm thinking this is Ray's story. And maybe it's not completely. 
Um, and so I have to come to terms with that, which is why I will say this is a garbage movie. <laughs> and I hated it, and I'm burning all of my Star Wars stuff. One thing, this is a total segue to something else. Yeah. I wasn't crazy about all the humor in the movie. I, I Not that I didn't want humor in the movie. It's just that I didn't think some of the stuff was funny. And I thought it was like really not funny in certain areas. Okay. But the one thing I really, really loved was the caretakers on Luke's Island. I, For, for whatever reason, that was just like the right kind of brand of silliness sure. for me. And I really liked that. It reminded what? me of Willow, actually. Those scenes with, the, with those creatures, it just kind of reminded me of the humor of Willow. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> um, what was like the humor that you didn't like? Because somebody, you know, uh, again on Twitter was like, oh, I didn't like the, the tonal shifts. I didn't feel like there were tonal shifts. I felt like there were jokes. I think that some of the jokes kind of felt misplaced a little bit or like I could see the punchline before it happened. Okay. Like the one that jumps out at me is, well, one is I didn't really like... This is more just like the neutering of Hux as a character, as a threat. Um, I didn't like that that joke went on so long sure. with like I'm holding for Hux thing. But the one that really kind of bugged me was when she just goes, oh, I'm from nowhere. And then Luke is just like, where oh, are you from? Yeah. I'm from Jakku. Yeah. yeah, that is nowhere. Like, I'm just like, that. no, it's just, I don't know. But there's certain jokes that I liked. I liked um, when Yoda said that the Jedi text is are not page turners i thought that was funny <laughs> what did you what uh robin or heather what did you think of the yoda scene i thought it was kind of cute but it felt weird to be honest because everything yeah. with yoda in the previous trilogy was very straightforward so for yoda to kind of show up and be like this chuckle hound i was kind of like is yoda drunk do you get drunk but when you're on like this new you plane of existence empire, when's the last time you watched empire strikes back yeah because he is I mean, a well, raving I, I guess... he's he's crazy ralph in that movie <laughs> no i mean he is but he isn't because he's still, there's still has. a purpose to the force then do you know what i mean yeah like there's still you know, he's he's good with kind of poking fun at Luke because he's this awkward kid trying to figure things out. But when it comes to like the force stuff, like it's it's there's a deliberateness to that character. Um, but I just I don't know. How do you get mad at seeing Yoda? I don't give a crap what he's doing. He could have been doing show tunes like Michigan J Frog. And I've been like, yeah, <laughs> awesome. <laughs> what did you think of it, Robin? Um. I, I thought he came across a little unhinged, but <laughs> it was nice to see him. Um, I was cool with him burning the tree down. Like, he also was just like, no, you know what? We sucked. Just get rid of it. Yeah. Burn it down. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Burn it all down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's the mission statement of the movie. Um, uh, and, and, 20, and basically 2017, well, let's be honest. Well, it's appropriate. Yeah. Um, I liked Carrie Fisher's first line to Luke after not seeing him for years. What was the I know line? what you're. I know what you're thinking. I changed my hair. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I feel like yeah. that's Carrie Fisher. You know. I really liked Laura Dern's last line to Carrie Fisher because it kind of acted as like you know obviously they didn't intend it to be sort of you because she's always saying may the force be with you to somebody right. else and it's like you know Carrie Fisher's last movie and right. it's just sweet. May the force be with you always. Yeah. And it's just yeah. a nice beat. Yeah. That I really liked. And again, for a moment, yeah. it's like, oh, are they, are they sort of passing the torch to yeah. Laura Dern? No, she crashes herself <laughs> into the star. baller was that, though? Absolutely. Yeah. And it would have been even more baller. Here's the thing. Like, when we get to that scene at the end with Finn where he's going to ram his ship into the cannon, and that's when Rose says the great line. 
And I really liked Finn in that moment, that that idea of you are not going to win, that mm-hmm. he this is really his his refusal of I'm not going to be what I was mm-hmm. and I've seen what you guys are and you can't win. Um, I wasn't sure if they were going to kill Finn. You never know. But I was like, this moment might have more power if we hadn't already seen two other characters sacrifice themselves heroically because Rose's sister did it and then Dern did it and now Finn's going to do it. I'm like, we can't just keep doing this beat where a character sacrifices him or herself so that others may escape. One one of my friends I was talking to, he said... He was being very practical about it. He's like, why did Laura Dern, who was like the second in command of this fleet, have to do that? Why couldn't they just have like had a droid do that? And my answer to that would be like, wouldn't it be amazing if they had like 50 droids on a bridge do it? And they're just like, (laughs) and they're all like, surprise. And then it's just like this one group shot where they're like, droids. What, what what if that version of Laura Dern was a droid? <gasps> or a and force projection. Or a hologram. Yeah. Let and me, her and Force Luke are just hooking up. Yeah, right. Hologrammed herself. <laughs> <laughs> um, the scene with Ray where she's looking in the mirror, and it's really neat, that yeah. whole visual thing where she's snapping and it kind of echoes. Yeah. That essentially is there to set up the Force projection at the end, right? Is it? I don't know. Like, I didn't see how they're related. Well, this idea that, like, you can create multiple versions of yourself. And that's not exactly what she's doing, but I don't know. Like, I kind of figured out that that's what Luke was doing in that last sequence based on that beat earlier in the film. Because I was like, well, why else is that there Mm -hmm. except to show us that this is maybe something you can do with the Force and thereby that's what Luke is doing? No, I'm alone in this. It's yeah, fine, guys. Let's go back to shipping <laughs> Poe and everyone. What's a uh, uh, that died? Quickly. Heather, what, Heather, what do you think of Leia flying through space? <sighs> well, okay. So here's the thing. First of all, it, I don't even know why it didn't hit me, but as soon as the title crawl hits and you hear the music and you're reading it and it says, you know, uh, princess Leia Organa. And I, it like, it seriously, I felt like somebody punched me in the stomach. Cause I was like, Oh, holy shit. This is Carrie Fisher's last time. Yeah. Okay. Like, I, I don't know why it didn't even hit me. Like I'd seen like the premiere and like, you know, obviously we've been living without her for, for a while now. And I was like, it just like, I don't know. Out of nowhere, it just hit me and I got really sad and I was like, okay, all right, what the hell? Okay, let's do this, you know, because I just, in that character, you know, as a little girl watching Star Wars and everything, like, there's very few female characters in the movies that I grew up really loving that I could, like, look up to. You know what I mean? Like, we had Wonder Woman, we had Princess Leia. Like, there wasn't a ton of other really great female characters. I mean, Ripley, but for most little girls, they weren't watching Ripley, Um, you know? So... It was like, okay, you know, but I was, it's interesting because it's, I'm so conflicted because Carrie Fisher is so great in this. And I love the fact that there's so much more of her, I think, than in this movie than we've ever seen of her character. But I'm almost wondering, like, well, what do you do from here? Like, yeah. where do you, because she's so integral to what's this rebuilding of the rebellion. Um, but that being said, like, I feel like the space scene was super hokey. And I just because we'd seen something sort of similar in Guardians 
And all of a sudden, you know, and I get that, you know, the force is in all of us and blah, blah, blah. But at that point, it really wasn't a thing in the movie yet. So it felt weird. And I know, like, yes, she's Anakin's, you know, daughter. And so there's probably, you know, that that DNA or whatever. But now apparently the force isn't even DNA. Um, I just felt it was a little odd. I, I really wished that sequence hadn't happened. I wish we didn't have the whole Leia in a coma for for an act. Um, because I just think, you know having Carrie Fisher on screen active, you know, with her personality always makes a movie better. So her laying in a bed for, you know, a good third of the movie, maybe I, I don't, I didn't like that. Um, and I also, you know, knowing that she's gone now, like it was a little tough to see that, you know? So I just, I don't feel like that was this one of the stronger scenes in, in the movie. Yeah. I didn't like how the crawl hit her while she was flying through space. <laughs> <laughs> But you know what? You know what's really cool, and this is you know, and I know Patrick's already going to roll his eyes as soon as I mention you don't know um, me. a certain a certain TV show. But I just thought it was freaking cool that the very first woman that we see on screen in Last Jedi, and who has a line is Billy Lord, Carrie's daughter. Yeah. You know, Chanel Number Three from Scream Queens. That's um, who and Poe I just could thought, date. hey, um, but I just I thought that Ray. was kind of cool. My goodness. <laughs> I really like Carrie Fisher in this movie, too. Um, like, I felt like in Force Awakens, she, it was just kind of, it was Han's moment and not as much Leia's. But one thing I'm, and obviously it's circumstance and it's her timely passing and everything like that. But I, I wonder if uh, episode nine was meant to be a lot of her with Kylo because there hasn't been a lot of that right. in the trilogy. Right. Um, so... I'm kind of bummed out that we're we're not going to get that. Yeah, you know, because I mean, there's even that hesitation with his character when it comes to he him knowing that his mom is right. on that ship, right. yeah. and yeah. he doesn't want to be the one that fires upon it. So there was a really interesting conflict to there that, like, yeah, I can I can kill my dad, but you know, my mom's my mom, <laughs> and you know, I mean, sorry, dads, but moms always you know kind of outrank you. No offense, Patrick, um, mm, but sorry. you know. Erica rules, though. Let's be honest. My son um, is constantly trying to kill me. I when when <laughs> when the thing did explode and she flew out into space, I did go through that beat of like, oh, we gotta kill all the major characters from yeah. before, and I was annoyed. So I will be honest, I didn't mind the flying back uh, because I thought it was a cool image, and I was like, that's kind of baller, Princess Leia, that you're flying through space. I get that people are rejecting it. I get that people hate it. Heather, I agree with you 100% that putting her in a coma for an act doesn't really serve the movie. I mean, it's certainly, you know, the the movie's a little bit about, like, who's in charge, what is the best way to lead. You know, it's very much sort of about Poe trying to figure out that, like, it's more than just jumping in a ship and shooting at stuff, and sometimes you have to listen, and sometimes you have to follow orders and think about, you know, the bigger picture. Um, but I feel like he goes through some of those beats even without his commanding officer in a coma. It's not like, oh, she's out, and now I have to go through this crisis without leadership. Um, so I don't think, but again, maybe I need to see it again and I'll, I'll pick up on stuff that wasn't there before. I didn't love the, the, the coma beat, but I did not mind the flying through space and I may take a lot of shit for that. No, I'm with you. I, I didn't, I liked it. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Rob. <laughs> well, cause I was 
before the movie, I was so worried that they were going to kill Leia off. And I was like, right. I don't think I'll be able to handle that. Right. Um, and it was fun to, I don't know, I like seeing her actually use the force because right. yes like yeah. we've always heard she could but it's right. like never she just senses stuff she right. never like is doing things with it well she can make dice appear and reappear yeah or appear Apparently. and disappear i guess i yeah. should say ghost I, dice i like force I, dice the more i think of it i think it's just more the image of it i wasn't crazy about sure. um but that's just whatever um but i i like the idea of it where the force is mysterious inherently it's like just <laughs> right. like just because we think we know all the rules of the force maybe we don't right. and i think that's one of the things that fanboys are losing their minds about is because that's not what the force is right. or blah 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 right. but the movies the whole like not just not i mean force awakens even has that great joke where it's just like that's not how the force yeah, works and right. then like in this one <laughs> it's just like Luke holding out the twig to Ray, and right. she's just like, "Do you feel that? That's the force. You got the force." Like, it's like the movie is telling you, "It's like stop treating it like it's right. it's this religion, like or this precious thing." Open your mind. Yeah, I mean that's the mission it. statement yeah. of this entire movie. It's open like the, your mind. The people who practice it probably have a sense of humor about it. It's just like Judaism with me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I I like to, and maybe this is again too much of a meta commentary for some people. I think it still works in the in the context of the film, but I liked the beat where Luke and R2 are reunited. He says, and we know exactly what it's going to be the way that it's set up, but nothing you can say can convince me. And then he projects Leia from star Wars, her message to Obi-Wan. I thought that was a really nice beat. And I, I liked sort of the bit of meta commentary that came afterwards where Luke says like, well, that was kind of cheap, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. because that's, I don't think that's Ryan Johnson's refutation of The Force Awakens, but it's essentially, that's what The Force Awakens was. Hey, remember Star Wars? Remember this? Remember this? And I like The Force Awakens. I am not needing to shit on it just to hold this movie up because I think they're very different. Um, but again, I thought it was an interesting commentary on the power of nostalgia and that we need something more than just nostalgia just showing us something that we recognize you know it, it has to be more than that and i think this movie is i don't i won't argue that every single thing works there are scenes that i don't love there are some moments of humor that fall flat um but i don't know i i thought it was interesting i got to it felt like star wars to me mm-hmm. um and it killed Snoke. And I could not because, <laughs> really, what the fuck is interesting about Snoke? What answer, in terms of, like, what's Snoke's identity? What answer would have been good? And this movie's just like, yeah, Snoke is lame. He's the Emperor 2.0, and he sucks. And let's just kill him in a pretty awesome way. Yeah. Um, and he's, let's move on. Yeah, he's like the mean relative in a Barca lounger. It's just like... <laughs> right. It's like eventually you're just like, yeah, whatever. And then you go back to talking to your cousins. <laughs> and then you cut him in half. And then you that's cut him in half. what I do with all my yeah. mean relatives. Mm-hmm. Does yeah. it work for you that to like, cut relatives in Kylo... half? <laughs> no. <laughs> that Kylo kills Snoke and then he's just like, I'm Supreme Leader now. Like, I don't know. I I would have thought there'd be more of a like prerequisite for that. But well, who's people they all just go him, along though? with it. Well, what's his, Hux kind of tries, right? Oh, that's a great little shot. Yeah, I love that shot where he's like motioning to finish him off, but then he's just like, oh shit, he's awake. Yeah, yeah. like I, I feel like Hux 
kind of tries to challenge it, and then Kylo Ren just basically says, like, no, I'm in charge. Mm -hmm. Um, Because they don't have a lot of other options, I don't think. That's one thing that I think is kind of weird about where we land in at the end of Last Jedi, is this conflict seems... You said in Force Awakens it felt small to you. Like, this doesn't feel expansive to me. It feels like a conflict between 20 people. Well, it kind of is at this point. And I'm not saying that's bad. I just think that it's... Unusual. It does feel small yeah. at this point, again, yeah. because the resistance is so yeah. small, but... But the First Order almost seems small, too. Well, just because we keep seeing just the one ship, basically. Yeah. Um, they need to build, like, like a battle station. But I think, and I don't know how far the into the future... Maybe, maybe a Death Star? <laughs> maybe. Oh, God. Right, and we you had... You said it, not me! <laughs> we had that bullshit in Force Awakens, yeah. too. Just another Death Star, whatever. It's Starkiller Base. Right, okay. It's different. Um... <laughs> I don't know how far into the future episode nine will take us, but the end of this movie does seem to suggest that the movement is growing and that the resistance is going to grow because we have future resistance fighters sweeping floors on Casino Planet. Mm -hmm. So maybe it will be more than just 20 people huddled together in a ship. Yeah. Um, It was weird. Did you guys both see, uh, Heather and Robin, did you both see Thor Ragnarok? I have not. Okay. Well, I don't want to ruin Thor Ragnarok, but there was... Don't... Yeah, well, somebody on Twitter already has, so... Okay. There were, I thought there yeah. were some parallels between certain things that happen in this movie and certain things that happen in Thor Ragnarok in terms of what it's saying about these respective series going forward. And I'll just say that. Um, but it was it was weird to see that beat at the end of Last Jedi when I was like, wait, I just saw this ending a few months ago in Thor Ragnarok. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm excited about where things are going. I don't know where things are going. Mm-hmm. I liked this movie. <laughs> um, yeah. for the first half, I was like, yeah, this is fine. This is fun. This is entertaining. In the second half, for me, it really picked up and became much more interesting and gave me those moments. And that was the first half of that. I wasn't feeling as much. I was like, J.J. Abrams, you know, there's a lot of story problems that I have with Force Awakens, um, a lot of familiarity issues, but he's great at constructing moments. Um, And I was feeling like this movie didn't really have that many. But then, man, the second half, there's just so many Mm -hmm. cool things that had me. So I, I like Luke brushing his shoulder. I saw one person mad about Luke brushing his shoulder. I thought it was awesome. I saw one person mad that Admiral Akbar died unceremoniously. I'm like, did that dude ever mean anything? He said it's a trap. It's I Admiral get it. Admiral Akbar, but like, but, but who gives a, a shit? It, it, right. He he yeah. he he exists in our memory because he's a fucking meme. You know what I mean? Like, he probably has like one minute of screen time collectively. And like, he nine, says it's movies. a trap, and had yeah. that not caught on yeah. through like robot chicken and the internet meme. Uh, I don't, would any of us be really mourning the death of Admiral Ackbar? Like, maybe you're being too precious about Star Wars if you're that upset about the demise of Admiral Ackbar. When I saw Force Awakens, um, the first time there was like eight previews and people were getting restless and booing because they were excited <laughs> about seeing Force Awakens. Yeah. So right before Force Awakens started, they had a Regal Cinemas thing where they're like, would you like to join the Regal team and be part of an exciting career on your way to Hollywood? And this one guy just yelled out, it's a trap! And it was <laughs> one of the biggest laughs I've ever had. <laughs> uh, has anybody successfully made the transition from Regal Cinemas to Hollywood? Yeah. 
Yeah? Yeah. Okay. How else to explain Dane DeHaan? <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's the worst. Yeah, he is. <laughs> I, all right, the, to the people who are upset about The Last Jedi, I lived through Cypher and Evil Dom this year. <laughs> I fucking win, okay? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Last thing I want to say, I just thought of something else. Um, I really liked the scene where Rose's sister is trying to catch the thing and detonate the bombs. And yeah. I, I, I liked the way that that was all staged. And when that sequence ended, and again, this is controversial because I know people really love Rogue One. I'm a little bit more of a take it or leave it guy when it comes to Rogue One. Um, I felt like just that sequence told me the exact same story of sacrifice that the entirety of Rogue One told me. Do you know what I mean? Like, I thought it was a much more concise version of what all of Rogue One is. That's all. I know people are going to be upset about that, but... No, I don't, I don't think you're wrong. I'm edgy, guys. Okay? I tell it like it is. That movie has moments, Is that, is that your Star Wars hot take? <laughs> no, that is my... I guess that is my Star Wars hot take. Also, I'd fuck a porg. Uh, is that also a hot take? <laughs> <laughs> well, let's. Everybody's talking about porgs. How great were the the ice dogs? I didn't. The salt they were very anime ish. Yeah, I didn't. I don't care. Yeah. They were so cool. Now, I'm not I saying would, that as like a negative. That. I just, I just, they felt like something out of an anime movie, like just out of nowhere. I was not on board, and I didn't like them in the trailer because I thought they just looked so CG, and I was like, we don't just need to keep creating new species, um, but. I will say that I got on board for the ice dogs or whatever when that became, when they served a purpose, when it was like, hey, we don't hear them anymore. They must have found a way out. Um, and so then I was fine with the ice dogs. Well, I don't. I actually never saw anything beyond the first trailer, so I didn't even know there was ice dogs. So yeah. I don't remember them being the first there trailer. There was one shot of an ice dog because I, I think okay. I only saw the one trailer as well. There was like one shot of an ice dog and I was like, eh. What do you call a oh, dog on Mustafar? Uh, what do you what what hot dog? Oh, nice. <laughs> that um, was a rough joke. Yo, yo, <laughs> uh, you have one more show to do with me tonight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's going to be a very different show. A very different show. Speaking of which, yes, we will be back in just a few days for our regularly scheduled podcast it is our annual holiday episode uh with myself and adam risky and we're not going to tell you what it is yet but you'll find out in just two days can we not put up a picture or write what it is we you should want just it write to the, be a surprise yeah, we should just write the holiday show omg you're yeah. giving me ideas yeah i kind of like this i think so too i kind of like it because i think we'll get more listeners that way <laughs> than if we tell them what we're talking about yeah <laughs> it is a 20th anniversary episode. That's yeah. all we will say. He always delivers. <laughs> anyway, um, thank you, Heather, so much for joining us. It was this. Is this the first time you've come on to not talk about horror movies? Yeah, because you never let me come on. No, I'm not interested in your yeah. opinions unless they're about <laughs> horror. I know. So, I mean, I, I know I, I'm only allowed to watch horror movies, but sometimes <laughs> every once in a while I do get out and see movies that don't. Uh, center around like dudes you know chasing chicks in a cabin in the woods or anything like that so yeah i uh 
this was really fun and different. So, you know, I'll go back to just watching horror, though. Sorry. Thank you so much. Hey, would you happen to have a book out that our listeners could read and or buy? No, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> just no such plug thing your shit, Heather. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, yeah, so I have a book out now called Monster Squad, celebrating the artists behind cinema's most memorable creatures, which sort of ties in because I do talk to uh, Phil Tippett, who worked on some of the creatures from the original Star Wars trilogy. Uh, so there's my, my nice little segue there. Nice, good. Um, but it is available now on Amazon or over at um, bearmannermedia.com, I believe, is the website for the publisher directly. Uh, what's kind of interesting and sort of fun but a little scary is that they keep running out of copies on Amazon. Um, and that's kind of cool, kind of awesome. scary. Um, but I just keep, I keep checking like every couple of days, and it's back to saying it'll ship in one to two days, which means that the publisher is sending more copies. Um, so it's been really awesome and very cool. And I'm really appreciative of everybody who's bought a copy, um, because I wasn't, I, I don't, I don't know what to expect. Um, and I'm really terrible at sort of promoting my stuff. So if I mention it on social media and you see it, um, you know, just retweets or stuff helps cause I'm really, really terrible at it. Cause I don't like to talk about stuff. So, um, but it's, it's, it's something worth talking about just for the fact that I have 20 amazing artists that I was able to profile in this and they have all, all of them have incredible stories about following your dreams and doing what you love. Um, and I think that's something that a lot of folks can really, um, appreciate and I think find sort of a uh, connection to. Well said, well said, Robin, I'm very excited that you got to join us and, uh, probably got yeah, steamrolled a little bit by the three of us just fucking around so i apologize <laughs> oh, no this was it was less terrifying than i was expecting it to you be. are a total natural so <laughs> i really hope you'll come back on the show a whole bunch i would love to and uh robin's got stuff up pretty much every week at fthismovie.com everyone and make sure that you read her stuff she's uh she's got a piece up this week on igby goes down yes yeah i like the that movie, movie that I like it a lot, too. I don't know how many people besides myself and you remember it. <laughs> I, I DVR'd that I'm... on MGMHD, actually, today. Did you watch it? Have you seen it before? No. Oh, this is exciting. Yeah. This ties right into Robin's column. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I call myself... I'm, I'm a big... I'm a big Igby fan myself. Nice. So, yes. Is that's that just awesome. because... No, that's a different Culkin than... It's a different Culkin. <laughs> okay. I'm pretty much all on the Culkin, Culkin train when it yeah. isn't... Mac- Although Macaulay's done some cool stuff post, you know, Home Alone, but like you know, what? I'm all about Rory. <laughs> no, I you, you I'm interested. What are like, we talking? We, what we talking Page Master? We talking getting even with Dad? Uh, you know, we're talking Good Son. Richie Rich. The Good Son is awesome. <laughs> Can you so, and Patrick do a commentary on the Good Son? Oh, I would love to. Uh, uh, what my, is that movie all about? <laughs> Who thought that was a good idea? Is is my girl not good? I liked my girl. I like my girl. You got Klumsky. That's a five alarm charm. (laughs) And 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 saved is kind of awesome. Is it? I forgot. I forgot that he was in saved. And part. Oh yeah, I always think it's one of the others. Yeah. Yeah. And party monster. So there you go, risky. Underrated Culkin. All of them. Yeah. (laughs) I like Culkin. I'm from Gen Culk. Um, anyway, as always, you can find our stuff at fthismovie.com. Follow us on Twitter. We are at fthismovie. Listen to us in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And you can email us at fthismoviepodcast at gmail.com. Again, we will have another show up in just a few days. But thank you once again to all of my co-hosts for jumping on. 
kind of last minute because I realized I hadn't planned anything for The Last <laughs> Jedi. Hey, this is the biggest movie of the year that just had the second biggest opening of all time. Maybe we should cover it. But the release of this movie kind of snuck up on me. That's the year that I'm having. <laughs> this one's off my radar. Um, so I appreciate uh, everybody jumping on and having a really fun conversation about this movie. I think it's only made me like it more. Me too. Cool. Hey. All right. Uh, until next time everyone thanks for listening force your friends to listen to this Thanks for listening to FS Movie.